As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and this is Friday, and I want to declare to you by faith, you are going to have a great weekend. And on Monday night when we come back here, me, Denise, Paul, and Joel, we're going to talk about overcoming temptation. It is going to be so much fun next week. There really is a way that you can overcome temptation. And next week, we're going to walk through it five nights in a row. You're going to be so helped. But tonight, we're going to wrap up what we've been talking about, which is how to keep the devil out of your life. And we want you to download this. It is free right now. Just go to renner.org. And it comes with the whole series, which is 10 parts. And we're also offering you Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. That is a great book. And look, it's little. You can read it really fast. And then there is the full book called Dress to Kill. You don't have to take it anymore because you're dressed to kill a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor. You know, one Christian leader said every Christian needs this book. If you don't have it, get your copy today. And if you need prayer, please send us your prayer request, prayer at renner.org, or call us right now, 1-800-742-5593. Our team is so trained to pray with you. And as soon as we hear your message, we'll leave a message. If nobody answers, we'll call you back, and we will really pray with you. But Denise, welcome. Thank you, Rick, and welcome, Home Group. I'm so glad that you're with us tonight. We do not take it for granted, not for one second, that you took your time to be with us. And you are so welcome, and we're so glad you're here. And we know that when we're gathered together in his name, he is with us. He, in all of his power, is right in the middle of us. So I'm believing that God is going to do something powerful in your life tonight. Amen. What are you holding? Oh, last days for survival guide. You got to get your Bible and your boots because we're marching through the last days. We are marching through the last days. And it, there's many decisions to make before us. And we need to be strong and we need to be equipped. And this book is going to help you. Amen. Hey, Paul. Hi. Hi, everybody. We're glad to be here at the home group uh, with you. And uh, a few days ago, I don't remember which home group it was, but we were talking about the Greek word antihistomy, which is to stand against. Oh, good and, job. Well, I know this word because I've studied it and I've preached on it myself. Resist the devil and he will free from you. Stand against the devil. Put all your effort to push him out of your life and he will flee from you. But during the home group and during this whole week, for me, the theme has been not wait until the devil gets so close that you actually get... To you actually have to get it to hand in hand, hand, combat. hand, hand by hand, 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 combat, combat. Hey, can I say something? Sometimes on home group, our kids seem to have a hard time coming up with the right words. That's because they didn't grow up speaking English. No, we, we don't have any first language. We don't have English is not our first language and Russian is not our first language. So we're kind of sometimes people say, what do you speak? I say, well, we speak anglo Ruski. We kind of speak a mixture of English, Russian in our homes. So you don't have to wait until the devil gets so close that you actually have to fight him physically. You can set up barriers around your life so that when the devil looks at you, he says, oh man, I'm going to go pick on somebody else because that person has a, a moat 
around his life. He's got protection. Mm. He's done something to protect himself from the attacks mm. of the devil so that the devil, when he's looking for whom he may devour, looks at you and says, let's go to the next one. That's what should happen to you. That is so good. Hey, Joel. Hi, everybody. Paul, I want to say your pronunciation, that Greek word is very good. Antihistamine? Oh, yes. You're doing a good job. Thank you so much. I know you're, you're a great specialist. I am. Of course. <laughs> but I want to tell you guys, I've really enjoyed this, this, this series, these seven things we're talking about. It's so practical. And the Bible needs to be practical. And I'm really enjoying this. But hey, we're talking about how to keep the devil out of your life. And tonight we're going to wrap it up. And we're going to talk tonight about two things. And the first one we're going to talk about, for me, was the hardest of all. I mean, this was like the big one for me. And here it is. If you want to keep the devil out of your life, then you have to learn to say no to the things you're not supposed to do. You say, it's hard for me to do. Saying no is really hard. Even when you know you're not supposed to do something, very many times you feel guilted or you feel compelled to say no, even though you know you don't have time, you don't have the money, you just feel like, you're compelled to say yes, even though you know you should say no. And I have a scripture for you. You ready? ready. ready. Psalm 19. Are you guys ready for this? Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verse 12 says, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Listen to verse 13. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Mm. Let them not have dominion over me. Well, I was totally conquered by presumptuous sins. They had deliverance, they had dominion over me. You say, what's a presumptuous sin? When you just presume you're supposed to say yes to everything that comes along, guess what happens? You end up swallowed up by all your commitments and you can't do everything you said you would do. Now, I don't know why, but when I was younger, especially when we moved to the former Soviet Union, I felt like I had to say yes to everything. First of all, everybody thought we had money because we were Americans. We did not. The truth is, we were believing for every dollar to do everything that we did. Those were really tough times. But people thought we were money bags. So people were coming to us, asking us to do things all the time because they thought we had all this money and they had help. They needed help. I found myself just saying yes to almost everything that came along. And you know what? All of it was good. We paid for crusades. We helped pay for pastor's cars, apartments, operations. I have a long list of operations we paid for. And while I had said yes to all these other things, we did not have the money to pay for our own projects in our own ministry. I was just saying yes to everything because I didn't want to tell anybody no and disappoint them. You know, that is a really bad reason to say yes. That's a bad reason. I couldn't even say no to requests to come and do meetings. One day, I agreed to do a meeting in Siberia. Siberia, that's a long way away. On the same day, somebody asked me to do a meeting. On the same day in Germany, I said yes. My assistant looked at me and said, I have a question. How are you planning to be in Siberia in Germany on the same day. I said, I don't know, but we got to figure it out because I already said yes. I should not have said yes. I just did not know how to say no. 
It was like presumptuous sins, just presuming I was supposed to do everything. And in the end, just like that verse says in Psalm 19, all of those decisions had dominion over me. I had no control of my life whatsoever. And guess what, friend? It opened a door for the enemy to come in and ravage me, affect our marriage, affect our ministry. And I had to learn how to close the door. And guess what? Today, I'm a professional at saying no. Doesn't bother me a bit because I learned a very hard lesson. When you say yes to everything, you are opening the door for destruction and devouring in your life. The enemy came into my life to devour me and I threw open the door by saying yes to everything. No human being can do everything. And what really helped me, number one, is I had to repent because probably the root of that was pride. I didn't want to tell anybody no. I wanted to be a blessing to everybody. I wanted to be the source of something to everybody. I had to repent for pride. And I had to ask the Holy Spirit to really help me zero in on what I was supposed to do. And when you know what you're supposed to do, then it helps you to easily identify what you're not supposed to do. When the Holy Spirit really made my vision clear to me, then when other things would come along, I could say, that doesn't fit into my assignment. If it doesn't fit into my assignment, then I'm not supposed to do it. Now, sometimes you are just as a mercy project. But most of the time, you're not supposed to say yes to everything that comes along. And I began to learn how to say no. And guess what I learned? If you say yes to everything, you're stealing somebody else's opportunity mm. because somebody out there is supposed to say yes. And if you're saying yes to everything, somebody else has lost their opportunity to say yes. So you're doing wrong to yourself and you're doing wrong to others. Now, your example has been about your calling. It's been about helping people. And it's been about saying no to pretty good things. They were all good things. We need to learn to say no to some of the things we should just simply say no to. The way marketing is set up today is it's almost impossible to say no. To say no. It's almost like they know that you don't know how to say no. And so they're using most people's uh, inability to say no so that you just simply put it in your shopping cart. You don't even know how it happened. You just... And you get to the cash register and you look at all the stuff in your shopping cart and you think, I didn't put that in my shopping cart. I don't even remember putting that in my shopping cart. How did it get there? And then all of a sudden you're already there and you don't want to take it back. You don't want to take it back and then bidding and you pay for it. And then you didn't have enough money to pay for it. And now you're paying for it with credit. It's, it's like the whole system is set up so that you can't even control what you put in the shopping cart. And then you're swamped by it. You have you're more stuff than you need. It. And you know what? Sometimes you have to say no to your family. That's really hard. Now, of course, we have three wonderful sons and daughters-in-laws and grandchildren. You want to say yes to your kids, but you know what? You're not supposed to always say yes to your kids. You're not supposed to be the source for all of your kids' needs. Sometimes they need to use their own faith. And Denise and I really help each other on this because as parents, we want to say yes to everything we can say yes to. But you know what? Sometimes you're not supposed to. Sometimes 
That child needs to learn to use their faith without mom and dad's help. And when you say no, you kind of go through the feelings of guilt and how can you say no? But you know what? My parents didn't say yes to me for everything. My parents didn't pay all my bills. They couldn't. And you know what? I would have never asked. It would have been never right for me to ask my mother and daddy to pay for everything. And the fact that my parents said no to me, it was really good for me. It taught me the value of money. It taught me to use my own faith. It taught me the need to budget, to plan. It taught me the cost of things. Now you weren't good Their at it right no away. Their no was really a blessing to me. You weren't good at that right away. I was not good at it. In fact, I really struggled in the beginning, but it was really essential for us, wasn't it, Denise? It, it was very essential for us and, and very essential, I think, what Rick was saying about parenting because if, if you just provide for your kids all the time, I'm talking about your grown-up kids, then they will never have the privilege of, of the victory that they attained it themselves. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's important to say no when you're supposed to say no. And Denise, sometimes you have to say no to yourself. I mean, there are some things that you and I could do, but it's good for me to say no to myself. I don't need to do everything I want to do. We don't need to do everything we want to do. Sometimes it's good just to practice self-restraint. Like silence? Silence (laughs) or not spending something or buying something you could have bought that probably you're just going to bring into your house and then later you're going to wonder why in the world did I buy it? Now I've got to dust it or I don't know what to do with it. You should have said, yeah, no. Think how much stuff you have in your house and you look at it and think, what am I supposed to do with all this stuff? It has dominion over you. It would have been better if you had said, no, no, no. Isn't that amazing? One thing that really helped me was I was listening to Dave Ramsey and he was talking about how he raised his kids. And he taught his kids that the word no is a complete thought. It is a sentence. It's a full sentence. (laughs) You don't have to say anything extra. You can just say no. You don't have to explain yourself. It's not required. But it's a good way to ex- just, just be able to say, no, I don't want to do that right now. Well, you know what? Me and my sisters, we grew up in the home of early to runner. Now, that's a very good thing. My mother was a servant. And my mother served and served and served and served and served. And we were taught in our church that we were to serve and we were to be a blessing to others. I believe that to this moment, to the core of my being, I believe that. But in the context of that, I'd have to say that me, Rhonda, and Lori, we all of us had to learn how to say no because we thought we were just supposed to, you know, even say, make me a blessing, make me a blessing out of my life, may Jesus shine. And so we just wanted to be a blessing to everybody, and that meant say yes to everything that comes down the pike. But you know what? That's the way to kill yourself. That really is. And one of the smartest words you'll ever learn is no. Now, even in our staff in Moscow, I used to be in everything, did everything, was a part of every decision, had my hands on everything. And you know what? Wasn't right. Wasn't right. It stunts everybody around you. And here's what I learned. 85% of what you do Please listen to this. This is a real pride deflator, but it's the truth. 85% of what you do, somebody else can do. 
10% of what you do, somebody else can be taught to do. 5% of what you do, only you can do. Well, for me, because I was saying yes, 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 I could never get to my 5%. percent hmm because I was doing the 85% somebody else should have been doing or 10% somebody else could have been taught to do. I could never get to my part because I was doing everything else. Your very best part will only begin to shine when you begin to say no to other things. You have to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. And today, I'm a totally different man. Denise can tell you. Paul and Joel can tell you. And there's... Uh, I say yes to the right things. There are some things that literally only you can do. Only you can sleep. <laughs> only you can take care of your own health. Only you can spend time with your husband or your wife. Only you can spend time with your children. There are certain things that only you can do. And when you say, when you say yes to everything else, eventually you begin chipping away from the things that really only you can do. Can I see that book? I'm going to say something. Let me give you an illustration. Okay, I've been writing books for years. But in the early years, it was really hard for me to write because I had said yes to so many other things. But 5%, what is my 5%? Okay, my 5% where I shine the best, where the manifold grace of God really sparkles in my life is my teaching gift and leading our ministry. I'm talking about what I do writing books, doing TV programs, guess what? That's really my 5%. And when I eliminated everything else, several things begin to happen. First of all, people around me begin to sparkle because they begin to do what they were supposed to do that I previously had been doing. But when I backed up and stopped and said no, they all stepped forward and I found myself surrounded by sparkling gems all around me. Such amazing gifts. They had always been there. I was just doing it when they should have been doing it. And then I stepped into my 5%, and guess what? I am really living in my 5%. I have to tell you, and I'm not bragging, I'm saying this to the glory of God, my level of productivity, it is just amazing. See this book? I've already written the next book, and this one's not even published yet. I am writing books faster than readers can read them. Is that the truth, guys? It is just pouring out of me. You know why? Because I learned to say no to everything else. Great elimination enables you to have the time you need to do what you're supposed to do. TV programs. Somebody just wrote to me on social media and said, Rick, do you work like 48 hours a day? That's what they said. We're with you in the morning. We're with you at night. When in the world do you ever sleep? You know what? I learned to say no to a lot of things. And when you begin to eliminate, it frees your mind, it frees your spirit, it frees your creativity, it frees your energy so that you can like run like you've never run in your life. And I know a lot of you listening to us tonight, you feel like you're covered with commitments. It's had dominion over you. You have no control over your life. That's a sign of presumptuous sins. Now, people always say, but if I don't say yes, who's going to do it? You can't worry about that. If you say yes to everything, there's not going to be much of you left pretty quick anyway because you're going to run out of steam. You're going to break your health. And here's the deal. 
If you will say no, miraculously, somebody really will step forward to say yes. Mm -hmm. It's not the end of the world. It might be the beginning of your life when you say no, and then somebody else steps forward out of the shadows. And wow, what an amazing gift they are. Joel? Whenever you learn how to say no, the wrong people will leave your life too. That's true. And the people who were just taking you for granted will learn that they can't take you for granted anymore. So what's the worst? What's 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 it worth sticking around? <laughs> uh, and if whenever you whenever you learn how to say no, you'll see people who really do love you, and regardless of your saying no, they'll be with you. And I think that's very important to remember. Mm. Some time ago, me and my wife made a decision to never get a credit card, and every once in a while, we're tempted to get one. And I've even filled out applications and been denied. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, because at the moment when I applied, my account was like zero. Uh, and so I was denied at that exact moment when I applied. And I was very grateful for it. Uh, so recently, I got a call from a lady uh, from a bank in Moscow. And she was trying to get me to get this credit card over the phone. So I was like, what's your name? What's your address? Do you want a credit card? And I'm like, no, I don't want a credit card. And instead of hanging up, I decided to do you know, it's her job. She's talking on the phone. She's, I mean, she's paid to talk to people on the phone. And I was kind of in a fun mood. So instead of just saying, no, thank you, goodbye, and hanging up, I talked to her for a little while, and she kept trying to convince me to get a credit card. And then I started to talk to her, do you really think I should get a credit card? Would you get this credit card? I asked her, do you use this credit card? I began to talk to her until finally she hung up. It was the first time a telephone, what's that person, telecommercial thing, she hung up because she realized there's no point in trying to get me to say yes. How long did you talk? It was over 10 minutes. Well, you know what? I'm just sitting here thinking that in life, you have to choose your pain. Yes. If you say yes to everything, you're going to have a lot of pain. You're not going to have enough money. You're not going to have enough time. You're not going to have enough of you. It's going to break your health. You're going to be stressed. You're not going to sleep. You said, but it's so hard to say no. Choose your pain. If you learn to say no, it might be hard right now. It will extend your life and give you sanity. It's like money. You can say yes to a whole lot of things right now and have temporary pleasure and not have any money at the end of your life. You have to choose your pain. You can say no to a few things right now, but have some money later on. You have to choose your pain. You have to choose what to say no to and what to say yes to. Denise? Well, that's what I was going to say, because if you say no, it makes your yes more powerful. And more, you're more free to do your yes, like Rick was talking about, writing and writing and writing. And it also gives you definition. Who, who am I? What is important to me? And it's good for us to think about that. What is important to me? That is so powerful, Denise. Thank you. And Thank you. What, what am I able to do? What am I called to do? What do I want to be rewarded for doing? What, what is going to produce the most harvest out of my life and somebody else's life? And those, those are questions that really matter. And it's important for us to ask those questions. And that's going to help us say, 
uh, yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. We're talking about how to keep the devil out of your life, and you can download this for free at runner.org, but I want to cover one more thing before we're through tonight. The last thing you need to do to keep the devil out. All right, this is the easiest of all. Are you guys ready? Ready. Every day. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And that word filled, the Greek word plero means filled to the point of satisfaction, filled to the point of overflowing, but the tense means be continually being filled with the Spirit. When you are so full of the Holy Ghost, it is really hard for the devil to get access to you. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, if we would just pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day, we would already keep the devil out of our lives. Now, here's when I do it. I did it this morning before I ever got out of bed. All right, I'm laying in bed this morning. Denise is so covered with blankets, I don't know if she's in the bed or if she's already gone. In fact, I even reached over and touched. There she was. Okay, so she's laying there totally asleep. She doesn't know what's going on. And I just raised my hand and said, Father, right now, before I even get out of this bed, I'm asking you to fill me with the Holy Spirit for this day. Boom. I believe I receive. You can do that before you ever get out of bed. And we are commanded in Ephesians 5, verse 18, be being continually filled with the Spirit, which means this is every day, every minute, every hour. We always have room for more. And remember, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13 says, that we were made to drink of the Spirit. That word drink, the word pino means to be irrigated by the Spirit, to be imbibed by the Spirit. Or I say, God fashioned us to be drinkers, the drinkers of the Spirit. There's always more of the Spirit for us to receive. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you keep the devil out of your life. When you're filled with the Spirit, it affects the way you think. You think right. You think creatively. creatively. You have power flowing in your life. It's so simple. So simple. And if you need a new infilling of the Holy Spirit, I speak it to you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Just throw your arms up right now. Say, Lord, I need it. I receive it. Right now, just receive receive it. it. In Jesus' name, a brand new infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that will reinforce you so the devil cannot find access to your life. Guys, we're finished with what we've been talking about. And on Monday, we're going to talk about overcoming temptation. It's going to be so much fun. Which is a great continuation of this. Oh, I'm so excited about it. Real practical about how to overcome temptation. It's so simple. It's so simple, it's almost disarming. But haven't we had a good time? Very good. Very good. Thank you, Rick. Well, you know what? It's time to take our sleeping medication, which is Psalm 4, verse 8. And Psalm 4, verse 8 says, I will lay me down in peace and sleep, and the Lord will sustain me. We don't take sleeping medication, but we take that verse. Every night when we go to bed, I quote that verse to Denise. I will lay me down in peace and sleep and the Lord will sustain me and we sleep like babies all night long. I speak it to you in Jesus' name. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.